listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WBET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. <clears throat> this summer has brought with it some of the worst weather events we have ever seen in Michigan. Catastrophic flooding events and severe storms destroyed property and led to widespread outages. People in a lot of areas of southeast Michigan are now afraid every single time it rains that they're going to have water in their basements or that they're going to lose power and internet access. The very real and growing threat of climate change is here. It is playing out right before our eyes, and it seems to have caught Michigan utilities flat-footed despite years of warnings that our infrastructure is just not prepared for this kind of weather. Now, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel and the Michigan Public Service Commission are both investigating utilities' resilience measures to make sure they're doing the things necessary to prevent these issues from repeating in the future. The MPSC's job is to regulate our public utilities, such as DTE and consumers. And the chair of that commission joins me now to talk about this inquest and what needs to happen to keep the lights on in the era of climate change. I want to welcome to Detroit Today Dan Scripps, who is chair of the Michigan Public Service Commission, which regulates our utilities. Dan, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks, Stephen. Great to be on. So walk us through how this summer has stacked up to years past in terms of the number of outages and how severe they have been. I think anybody who lives here can tell you it has been a a crazy summer, and it seems like things are worse than they have been in the past. But what does the data tell us? Yeah, it doesn't just seem like things are worse. This has been really relentless in a lot of ways. The, the number of storms, the frequency, the, the, the sort of limited gaps between the storms. Um, I saw something from DTE that in a typical so- storm season, they get about three weeks between storms uh, over the summer months. This summer, they've had between five and six days. And, uh, and you know, the outages reflect uh, that it's been, it's been a tough summer. But, but as you said in the intro, I, I think this may be the new normal uh, in an era of climate change, that we are facing increasing severe weather, uh, that the weather is going to be more severe and severe weather is going to be more frequent. And we've got to make sure that our, our infrastructure is up to the task. Mm. So let's before we talk about how they can do that, how they can do better than what they're doing, what are the biggest factors that are causing these outages? What are the things that are not up to par in terms of the way that we're prepared to deal with these things? You know, the number one uh, cause of outages in Michigan is, is vegetation, is trees. And, um, and that really gets to the, the sort of blocking and tackling uh, of, of distribution um, maintenance. That it, It's not fancy. It's not rocket science. It's just you've got to get out and make sure that the trees are trimmed. Unfortunately, uh, it's one of the areas that, that sometimes gets overlooked or, or skipped over in, in utility budgets. And so a couple of years ago, we, we really tried to say, we're, we're going to let you recover the, the money that you spend, but we don't want you rating that budget for other things. You've got to go out and you've got to tre- trim the trees. You've got to make sure that you're, you're getting your, your cycles closer together. It can't be 20 years between tree trim cycles. Uh, and so DTE, to their credit, has has been moving in the right direction on this in the last couple of years. Uh, they're they're shortening the cycle, and and the evidence is where they've done the tree trimming in their system. Uh, those those circuits, those areas are are performing much better. 
but but this summer has showed that we've got to we've got to do more and we've got to do it faster uh, and we just can't we can't let up mm. so let's talk about the solutions here and i want to talk about them in terms of two categories one the things that could be done right now by utilities to to make sure that things aren't as uh, catastrophic, I guess. The consequences aren't as catastrophic as, as they have been this summer. But then the things I also want to talk about, uh, the, the things that we should be preparing for long term, the, the, the big picture changes that we probably are going to have to wrap our minds around at this point to make sure that five or ten years from now, uh, we're not even further behind. Let's start with the short term. Yeah, you've, you've asked the question that, that I, I think I wake up every morning thinking about and go to bed every night thinking about. <laughs> but in the short term, it, it is, I think, a, a lot more tree trimming and, and grid hardening. You know, I give DTE credit after we initiated our, our investigation, I think, in response to the request for or the letter that they received from the governor and, and what the attorney general is doing in this front. They announced that $70 million of, of shareholder dollars, not customer uh, dollars they were going to put into additional tree trimming over the next couple of years, including I think somewhere north of fifteen million dollars between now and the the end of the year. But that's the right step. And and when I say we need to do more and we've got to do it faster, I think it's that sort of thing that we're looking for, uh, and, and that's going to be important. I think you know the the neighborhoods and communities that see that uh, increase above already the surge in tree trimming are going to be better positioned in the short term. But you're exactly right in terms of the long-term question. And, and when you look at the, the circuits, a lot of our circuits are, are overloaded, are at capacity. Uh, we are sort of pushing the, the grid to, to its limits at this point. And that's before we plug in an increasing number of electric vehicles. That's before some of the other things that we, we really know that we're going to need to rely on the grid for are in place. And so I, I think this summer hopefully is a wake-up call that, that we've got to to go further faster in terms of the the grid uh, supports that are going to be necessary for the future that we know is coming. Mm. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. I'm talking with Dan Scripps, who's chair of the Michigan Public Service Commission, which regulates our public utilities here in Michigan. We're talking about how Michigan utilities are reacting to this summer of severe weather events uh, and pretty harsh consequences for those of us, especially here in southeast uh, in Southeast Michigan. We're talking about what needs to be done differently. And I also want to talk about whether we as citizens are ready to do some of the things that we probably need to change ourselves or approach things uh, really differently in terms of how we deal with uh, the climate, how we adapt to the change in weather patterns. Uh, I I doubt that we're going to be able to just live our lives the way we have uh, and not not worry about all these things. As always, again, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook or to Twitter and put comments there. And uh, we can we can include you in the show that way. Let's go to John in Jefferson Chalmers. Hey, John, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. So nine o'clock last night, almost on the dot, the power went out in Jeff Chalmers. It did Put back on twice, and then it's still out now. We have nothing in the outage 
uh, for any kind of promises. And now we have people starting to instigate on next door saying, oh, Gross Point's getting fixed before us. We'll get it Friday, which is none of it, I believe. Uh, but uh, we're not getting anything from DTE, so the rumors are spreading. Hmm. So, so John, I you know I live in the city as well. Uh, there, there was a storm here yesterday. I didn't lose power, and I haven't lost power. I think it's really important to note that there are some parts of the city where this is happening over and over and over again, and and you live in in one of those spaces. Can you talk, John, just a bit about how frequent this has been this summer? Um, well, I think this is our third one, but I was out of town quite a bit, so I don't even know. But based on what I, how I found my blueberries in the freezer when I came home, I'm pretty sure the power was out. Mm-hmm. And it's just a hit and miss. You, you don't hardly want to keep stuff in your in your freezer here. Yeah, yeah, John. Uh, I hope, of course, that they get your power back on quickly. Uh, but I really appreciate your calling and telling us about what's what's going on there. Uh, Dan Scripps, what, what's the what's the relief that's available for someone like John or someone who lives in that in in an area where this has just been repetitive over the summer? Uh, not uh, not incidental. Yeah, we've got two things that are in our rules today. Uh, one is for, for people who are experiencing long outages, you may be eligible for a credit. Uh, it depends on the number of other customers that are out sometimes. Uh, but you can contact your utility to see if you're eligible for a credit. And if you think that you are eligible and are not getting the response that you, you think you deserve, you can call our complaint hotline uh, at the commission or, or go online. It's michigan.gov slash MPSC. Uh, and you can file a complaint. Uh, our, our customer assistance folks are fabulous and can help track that down. So that's for the, the length of the outage. But we also have a separate credit uh, for folks like John who have had a number of outages over the course of a year. And, and you know, Jefferson Chalmers, we've heard about. We've heard about Farmington. There's a number of places where uh, where the number of outages is is really significant. And, you know, sometimes it's blueberries, but sometimes it's, you know, the ability to keep your oxygen going or the medications that you've got in your fridge. And these are more than sort of inconveniences for an awful lot of people. So credits are available uh, in that regard as well. But the other thing that we're doing, and that's, that's what's available today, but the governor's also called on us to accelerate uh, some rule updates that we're making around service quality rules where those credits are housed. And we are in the process of, of starting the rulemaking process where those credits, instead of having to ask for them, would be automatic, increasing the, the uh, amount of the credit from 25 to $35, indexing it to inflation so it doesn't fall further behind, and then also tying the amount of the credit for the, for the extent of the outage that a nine-hour outage is different than a two-day outage. And uh, particularly for folks who have freezers full of food or, or are relying on, on their power for, for medical and, and safety reasons, that those are things that are front of mind for us as, as we're thinking about what those credits need to look like in the future. Mm-hmm. So, so in an area like John's over on the east side, obviously – the part of the issue is is vegetation and you know overgrown parts of the city where um, where power lines are are vulnerable to that kind of thing. One of the things that that keeps coming up is the idea of burying those power lines, which of course is a very expensive 
proposition, but it, it does seem like that should be one of the things that DTE is pressured to do over time. Can you talk about uh, solutions like that, major changes to the infrastructure that would make these things less frequent and less catastrophic and whether those are on the table uh, in, in these discussions that you even have with, uh, with the utilities? Yeah, I, I think everything needs to be on the table at this point. I mean, the, the level of performance isn't where we need it to be. Uh, so we've asked, we had a special meeting on outages last month and put out an order that did a number of things. But to your specific point, one of the things is to ask for information on the costs and overall benefits and payback periods uh, of undergrounding more sections of our electric infrastructure. We've got some lines that are already underground, but looking at whether that's the right option. And it's, as you say, it is expensive. Um, and so we want to make sure that, that it's actually worth the additional dollars as opposed to putting those dollars into more tree trimming or more grid hardening. Uh, and, and there are also issues where when outages happen with flooding, for example, for underground lines, it, it can take a lot longer to get the, those services restored. And as you mentioned in the lead-in, flooding is also an issue. So we're trying to look at, at, at this from all sorts of different angles whether the, the cost and the long-term benefits are, are worth it for customers, and also what are some of the other issues that we also need to be thinking about as we go down that path. But everything's got to be on the table, and, and that's one issue in particular that we're, we're asking for more information on. Mm. Uh, let's go to Linda on the east side. Linda, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, Linda. Hi. Um, I'm on the east side, and I'd like to have the caller address the issue of tree trimming. Hmm. I have huge trees in my yard. I've called DTE to get um, tree trimming assessment. Um, I was waiting. I found out that from the street without coming into the yard, they assessed that my tree was not touching a wire or was not um, harmful. In any event, I called them back, and I said, I am underneath the wire. You have to come into the yard. You'll see that if there's a strong wind, these branches can fall any time on the wiring. Hmm. My question is, if they make a determination that it's not threatening uh, and it's not going to ultimately uh, touch a wire, even though a strong wind, I've got huge, huge branches, I've been told that it's going to be several thousand dollars to do any of the tree trimming, hmm. and I don't have the money. Yeah. I mean, I've got a lot of maintenance going on around here, and I am attempting to do the right thing, but I guess I'm trying to find out what resources are out there for people who want to do the tree trimming, but literally you have somebody go up in a tree, especially as it's high, it's three, four thousand dollars. Sure, no, it's very, very expensive, uh, Linda. And hey, I can actually relate. I have the same dilemma at my house uh, this this year and this fall. Uh, a tree that I think may need to to, to come down uh, because it's because it's dangerous. Uh, what's the answer, uh, Dan, for people who can't afford to take a tree down? But DTE has determined that it's not enough of a threat for them to deal with it. Well, I mean, I, I think there are challenges there. Um, and, and sometimes they you know, are, are going to say it's, it's not yet on, on our cycle. 
this isn't where we need to prioritize the the dollars that we do have available for this. I will say though, if if the caller or, or the others who are listening in sort of have concerns about that, feel like they're not getting the right information from their utility provider, uh, I mentioned that you can go online at michigan.gov/mpsc and connect with our customer assistance uh, division, um, either for formal or informal complaints on that. Often it's it's a chance to get another set of eyes on the issue. And we also have a toll-free number, which is 800-292-9555, uh, where customers can, can call. And, and again, we'll, they'll talk with one of our customer assistance representatives who, who have, you know, lines of communication into the utilities as well, whether it turns into a formal complaint or just a, a chance of, of getting another set of eyes on that particular issue and see what can be done. Uh, it, it's one of the things that, that we're, we're there and we want to help. Uh, again, Linda, good luck with uh, the decisions that you need to make about uh, that tree. And I hope that you do get uh, some help before it falls and uh, damages power lines or even worse, you know, damages property uh, or, or becomes a, a health risk for someone. Uh, ben in Rochester Hills, you're up next. Ben, I've got about a minute and a half left, but I want to get you in here. Cool. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Ben. Hi, uh, yeah. my own. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Ben. Yeah, so um, I'm here in Rochester Hills, uh, and last week when that storm came through, um, sounded like some kid was lighting off fireworks, and the lightning storm had gotten real bad. Uh, a tree, either a line came down or a branch had fallen across it, and for about an hour it was sparking and arcing and all that stuff. And I called nine one one. DT's website sucks and you can't find where you want to call there. Um, and uh, eventually it stopped on its own without anybody coming out yeah. after about an hour. Uh, but the uh, next day, um, they had, the only thing they had done is put some tape around on it. They didn't trim wow. many trees. And, and later in the day, it started arcing again, started going crazy, and uh, yeah, did that for about a half hour. Ben, I don't want to cut yeah. you off, but I want to get uh, Dan Scripps to be able to answer. Uh, Dan, is DT just overwhelmed? And should we be pressuring them to have more people available to respond to situations like Ben is talking about? I've only got about 30 seconds, but I want to give you a chance to talk about that. Yeah, we, we've got to do better. And in the order that we issued last month, we specifically wanted to highlight the, the utility communication uh, procedures, because I, I think there's room for improvement there as well, as well as the um, sort of wire down an emergency response, which is part of the, the rules that we're doing, trying to tighten up those standards, make sure they're getting to them faster, uh, because these are, you know, acute public safety concerns and we've seen the tragic consequences so for, for listeners please stay back i think calling 911 is the right path and then at the commission we're we're looking at what we can do to make sure that that we're we're taking care of the problem okay uh, dan scripps of the michigan public service commission great to have you here to help us with this information thanks for coming on the show thanks Stephen. great to be with you this is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. That'll do it for us today. I'll be back tomorrow and hope you will too.